You know, I recall when I was a young boy, there was a ritual which only best friends would perform. It was the ritual of becoming blood brothers. I don't know if you all remember any of that, but each of us would prick our fingers with a needle or a pen and get a little blood trickling out of our finger, and then we would kind of put our two bloody fingers together. Right? I don't recommend that today. Um, that was 55 years ago, so somewhere in that time frame. Um, but it, it was a pact that we would, we would um, be brothers forever. So in our little minds, there was nothing that could break this relationship. So in essence, in some way, we, we made a covenant with one another. So this whole experience came to mind as I reflected upon these readings for, this, uh, for the Feast of Corpus Christi. Because it talks about all the readings talked about blood. You know, the use of blood has great meaning throughout history. As we heard in this first reading, the blood was used to establish this covenant between God and his people. It was also used to expiate the sins of the high priests and the sins of the people. Blood was this life force in any living animal or human being. In other words, blood meant life itself. When an animal loses its blood, the life goes out of it, right? But the blood was used in these rituals because, because it was revered. It was the prime symbol of life. So in the Old Testament, when half the blood, we heard in this first reading, half the blood was sprinkled on the altar, the altar representing God, and the other half of the blood was sprinkled on the people, in effect what was happening was that both parties were pledging a blood oath, whereby each entered into this relationship with the other with the intention of being faithful, even unto death. So in this ritual performed by Moses, he was sealing or ratifying the covenant between God and his people. And the sacrifices offered would be this continual sign of the covenant. And it would remind the people that this bond between them and God had been sealed in blood so that they could trust in the fidelity of God who had entered into this covenant with them. It was God who initiated the covenant, not the other way around. But I'm going to take a moment and look at the meaning of this covenant, because I think it's important in understanding what we celebrate today. When God speaks of a covenant with his people, he speaks of coming together in a remarkable union of eternal oneness. A union that can never be broken. I will be your God and you will be my people, he said to Abraham. It was a covenant of love, this everlasting relationship. It was unconditional. And in, in this case, it was God alone who has taken responsibility for the fulfillment of the covenant. 
You know, in the Hebrew scriptures, the word chesed, chesed is used to describe this covenant relationship to the Lord. And it speaks of God's unfathomable, imagine, unfathomable, unconditional extravagance and tender love for his people, irrevocable and eternal. It's like God saying to us, I cannot constrain myself. I, by my very nature, am compelled to love you. The Father feels compelled to love us because it's at the core of his heart, his very being. He can do no less. So this ultimate fulfillment of this covenant, of this love relationship, comes to life and takes on a whole new meaning in Christ Jesus. The covenant that God made with his people would come to fulfillment, would come to fulfillment in this final Passover meal with Jesus that we heard in the gospel, culminating in his suffering and death. And you and I, we enter into this covenant, all of us, through our baptism into Christ's death. You know, as the Jewish people celebrated these blood rituals over the years, they weren't empty rituals. They weren't devoid of any real meaning. These blood rituals were a celebration of their relationship with God and what God had done for them. What did he do? He delivered them from the hands of Pharaoh and led them out of Egypt to the promised land. These rituals give the people an awareness of how gracious God had been to, toward them in spite of their sinfulness. Because if we read the Old Testament, you know, they turned away from God over and over and over and over and over again. If it was, if it was you and me, we'd just say, forget you. You don't get it and you don't want it. But God did not give up on his covenant. He did not give up on his covenant. It was also a reminder of, of their desire to serve God. And the repeating of this ritual would help them to stay close to God, but God would remain faithful forever. So these rituals, these blood rituals we hear about in the Old Testament, they celebrate God's faithfulness to his people. Jesus understood this, and he understood the importance of blood in these Jewish rituals very well. So he builds upon, he builds upon this tradition at the Last Supper. As we heard at the end of the meal in which Jesus knows it would be his last, he takes the cup of wine. He gives thanks, and he passes it around for the disciples to drink from. This gesture is something very special because traditionally <clears throat> in this part of the Passover meal, the cup of blessing ritual in the Passover meal involved each person drinking from their own cup. This time at this Passover meal with Jesus, they shared the one cup. Jesus proclaiming this cup to be the blood of the covenant to be poured out, to be poured out on behalf of many. So Jesus is associating his approaching death with the Sinai covenant, 
Instead of the blood of bulls and goats, the blood of Jesus Christ renews and culminates the relationship between God and his people. The blood of Jesus is now the blood of the new and eternal covenants, a covenant of faithfulness even unto death. Does it make sense? So this Eucharist we celebrate today and every day is no empty ritual, in spite of the fact perhaps sometimes we, become, we can become very pass, passive if we're not careful. In this Eucharist, we share in the cup of Jesus' self-offering. By our sharing in the body and blood of Christ, this ritual signifies our sharing in Christ's suffering and death. So in this ritual we call the Eucharist, we enter into and affirm for ourselves this new and eternal covenant. We hear the words at the consecration, take this, all of you, and drink from it. For this is the chalice of my blood. The blood of the new and eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many. Why? For the forgiveness of our sins. And then he says, do this in memory of me. You know, in the Old Testament times, the priest offered the blood sacrifice for the expiation of his sins and the sins of the people. In this Eucharistic ritual, Christ himself, our high priest, is the one who offers the sacrifice for our sins and the sins of the whole world. And this sacrifice is himself, his own body, his own blood, his own life. Jesus is both the priest and the victim. And the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is made present here on this altar. The suffering, that right there, is made present on this altar every time we celebrate this Mass in an unbloody way. It is by His blood that you and I are forgiven. And through his blood of this new and eternal covenant, you and I are sealed in a love that is forever faithful. And then we are called to offer a similar sacrifice in our own personal lives and in the lives of our communities. He said, do this, do this in memory of me. So the Eucharistic elements of bread and wine are not symbols of his presence. It's not what our church teaches, our faith teaches. They're not symbols, merely symbols. They are Jesus himself, his real presence, transformed into his real body and his real blood. Jesus himself said, take it, the bread, this is my body. He took a cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, This is my blood of the covenant, 
which will be shed for many. So my dear friends, in this sacrifice that's made present on this altar this morning, Jesus completely emptied himself, completely emptied himself out of love for you and for me. One might ask, well, why would God do such a thing? Think about that. As sinful as I am, why would God do such a thing? Why would Jesus go to such great lengths to want to enter into this covenant with you and me? Who knows why? But I'm sure that it has something to do with, his, with the foolish lover we have as our God. As I said earlier, when God, when God speaks of a covenant with his people, he speaks of this coming together in a remarkable union of eternal oneness, a, a, a union that is not to be broken. That is what's happening here on this altar. That is what's happening when you come forward and Jesus gives himself to you through the hands of the Eucharistic minister. It's this coming together in this remarkable union of eternal oneness. We call it communion, right? Why? Because communion is communion, this union with. When you receive the body and blood of Jesus, you are in that moment in deep union with him. Think about that. When we come up to receive, have a lab that on your mind and in your heart. That in this moment, there's no deeper union known to man than what is happening right here. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection sealed the covenant for all eternity because of his love for us. And we are sealed in this same promise through our reception of his body and blood. And then the giving of ourselves because we are serious about our covenant with him. So we repeat this ritual over and over and over again. One, because he commanded us to do so. But just as importantly, every time we gather for this Eucharist, you and I, we are reminded that since the last time we were here, we have much for which to ask forgiveness. And this Eucharistic ritual is a visible reminder and assurance to us that in spite of our sinfulness, God has not given up on us. This ritual, like the one of Moses performed at Sinai, is this living, it's a living reminder that God has given everything to us and for us. He cannot give anything more. So my dear friends, we gather today to celebrate this ritual, this Mass, on this Feast of the Body and Blood of Jesus, in order to renew our own commitment to this eternal and everlasting covenant. Not in some passive or empty way, but by the conscious, by the conscious giving of ourselves to Christ in this sacramental moment.
and through the part through our partaking of his body and blood we commingle our lives with his we commingle our lives with his this my friends is the great mystery we celebrate today on the solemnity of corpus christi so we approach this gift today with repentant hearts we approach this gift today in deep humility and love. We approach this gift today with praise and thanksgiving. Amen.